Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I welcome you. You know, I was driving uh, on the road, and I saw on the back of this car rear window, it says, no fear. Have you guys ever seen those decals? It says, no fear. And it brought me back to when I was younger in my 20s because I, I thought for a time that I had no fear. You know, kind of reckless living in, in the younger days. It's not that I wasn't without fear. I was willing to be reckless enough to overcome any of my fears. So I used to think I have no fear. But I had fear. We all have fears. Every person has fears whether they act like it or not. Uh, it, it could be. Of many things, um, you know, fear of our loved one being hurt or dying or sickness. It could be fear of some crazy things out there like the shooting of the innocent people or terrorism, the unexpected. Or it could be fear of our own self, our own feeling of inadequacy, our insecurity, failure of failure, failure, fear of change. We all have fears, and fear in itself is not good or bad. It is a natural response of how we are wired, emotional. It's an emotion. But how we respond to fear will determine whether that was good or bad. Yes, God has given all of us this emotion to be afraid at times. But how we respond it could save you <laughs> for safety, but how you respond can determine the kind of victory that you may have, okay? I, I came across a story of Joshua in the Bible, and I was like, oh, what a perfect timing for the season that we're in as we are ready to launch this church. And, and for me, it was an inspiration as I read through the text, and I hope it will be an inspiration for you. And also to let you know, no matter what season you may be in, hopefully it will encourage you, strengthen you for what is to come. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. I'm going to have the text for you overhead, but it's always good to bring your own Bibles, to have your own copy so that you can highlight, make your notes, because we are a Bible-believing church. And, we, and that's what I'm going to be teaching from. <laughs> Joshua 1, beginning at verse 9. I will jump from NIV, ESV, and other versions. But Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Now, this is a little backdrop. The book of Joshua begins here, but it really is a continuation of the book of Deuteronomy where it ends. Okay, So if you know, if you haven't read the Old Testament in a long time, let me just refresh. Moses compiled, wrote the first five books of, uh, of the Bible. We call the Pentateuch, okay? So there is the first five, book of Deuteronomy ends, and that book ends where Moses, after having led the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land, they're at the, really at the site of their promised land across the river. 
but Moses never got to enter. He dies. And, and there is this mourning, there is the funeral, and there is a passing of the baton from Moses to uh, Joshua in Deuteronomy 34, 8. And it says, the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with a spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all these miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. So here is the context. I want you to consider this. The Moses, the greatest leader the nation of Israel has ever seen, heard, experienced, who fathered them, loved them, led them through the battles and the journey, saved them from the slavery in Egypt, crossing the desert and all the miraculous signs for 40 years, has died. Those are some big sandals to fill. You guys understand that? It's like you're following after the greatest leader the nation has ever known. And Joshua is ready to step in. Now, we have seen in our own country some great presidents, great leaders, and passing the baton to the next guy, and they didn't do it as well. (laughs) And so you can understand Some things can be scary. Some things can be intimidating by the position and the requirement or even the expectations of the people. They're used to Moses face-to-face with God with all these supernatural signs and miracles. And here is Joshua coming into play. So God speaks to Joshua and says this to him in verse 3 of Joshua. He says, I will give you Every place where you set your feet, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand, able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I want you to consider this promise. What God promised to Moses is now being extended to Joshua. As I was with Moses, I am with you. That empowerment, that confidence, what Moses made great, me, God, says, I'm going to be with you. Now, why is this significant? This promise is contingent on Joshua setting his feet upon that land. So I want you to consider that. I will give you every place where you set your feet. Consider that. I will give you every place where you set your feet. Here is God the Almighty who gave the covenant promise to Abraham and then to all his people and to the sons, right? And and now finally we get to Moses leading them to that promise. And here's Joshua. And God's like, I'm going to give you that promise. Every place you set your feet, I'm going to give you as your territory. Here's what that means. 
here's Joshua. Here's the river. Here's the promised land. And God's like, you can't get that promise if you remain here. You cannot have the inheritance that I have promised if you remain where you are. You have to cross over the Jordan. You have to cross over the river to get to. But wherever you set your feet, I'm going to give you. You guys see that? There's a difference between God's promise, God's blessing. I have this for you. And God's people remain here at a distance. I want it, Lord. Give it to me. Son, every place that you set your feet, you're going to have. But I want to hear. No, your inheritance is over there. You guys with me? God says specifically, where you set your feet is going to be your territory. And he outlines, he gives them a vision from where you are from the desert, crossing to the Lebanon, to the Euphrates Great River and the Great uh, the Dead Sea, the whole area. And this is the, the territory of the whole, what we now know as the promised land or the nation of Israel. God's like, I'm giving you all that, but you have to go there. You can't stay where you are and receive the inheritance that's over there. God's desire, and this theme carries throughout the Bible and in our lives. God's desire is for his people, his sons and daughters, to receive his inheritance and his authority, his power, his he wants to bless you. But how many do you know that there are people who says, I want the blessings, but doesn't want to go to get the blessings? There are so many of us who say, yes, I want it, but is unwilling to go get it. And he's saying, you cannot remain where you are and get what I'm trying to offer you. You have to go. Gifts. Blessings. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel in the Bible, the good news is that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish. The gift of life, salvation is all for, available for the all, whole country. Not <laughs> Okay. It's for all. But you know that not all are saved because not all will receive the gift. And there is a difference. Just because God offers his gift and his love does not mean people experience that because they, will, they refuse to rem, remain from where they are to go to where God wants them to be. God said, your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon, to the great river. The river was not just a geographic divide the boundary for the land. But you can say it's sort of a metaphor of the obstacle that keeps them from entering in. The Jordan River that kept the Israelites in the wilderness to the promised land was the Jordan River. And Joshua could easily have said, my God, it's dangerous. That river, it's fast, it's current, it's high. We have kids. We have elderly. It's just not good. That's dangerous to take people over. He could have easily made excuses of why he could remain there. But consider that. When we face life's challenges, do we make excuses of why it's so much safer here 
than there? It's how we deal with the challenges. You know, when I see my kids um, struggling with some assignment, struggling with some life's obstacles, I say, hey, what's going on? And we have a conversation, and, and I often hear some excuse why this is so hard, this is too difficult, or this is an impossibility, I can't do it. And I try to make that a teaching moment and say, for every problem is an opportunity. If you can discover the problem and find a solution, that's an opportunity. It's how we respond to the problem, right? Because, hey, the world is dark. And there was Thomas Edison saying, let me make a light bulb. Let me invent the solution to the problem. People got tired of making copies of prints by hand. Somebody invented a printing press for mass production for all. Where there's a problem, for every great invention was a solution to a problem. So if there's a problem, find a solution. That's your opportunity. I, I love finding problems. That's just the way my mind works. If there's a problem, I want to fix it. You know, guys would naturally want to do that, and I get in trouble with my wife with that because that's how I'm naturally wired. But I see problems as an opportunity, not a reason for us to Stay with that problem. The problem that Joshua had with his Israelites was, one, the obstacle of crossing the river. That's one problem. But two, God says, hey, I'm giving you that promised land. But there were already people living there, the Canaanites, who didn't know that they had a new landlord. And they weren't going to be like, here, let me just, you know, be evicted and I'll be fine on my way. Nobody likes to be evicted. Nobody likes to be kicked out or anything like that. So th that in itself is a challenge and a problem. And so the Lord was like, gives this word. Welcome, guys. Welcome. The Lord said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Uh, let me just say that again. Just as I was with Moses. Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. God says same thing in three different ways. Same thing three different ways. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. That's one. I will not leave you. That's two. I will not forsake you. That's three. When, when somebody repeats something, same thing over and over, it's something important. It's like the teacher that says, hey, this is on your exam. Remember it. And whatever I say after, you're going to jot it down because you know it's going to be on the exam. In the Hebrew language and the ancient Israelites, when they said something, same thing over and over repeatedly, it's called emphatic statement. And it's important. You remember it. God says three times, I will be, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Three different ways to say the same thing so that Joshua would get it. Which leads him with God saying the, his famous words in verse 6 and following. He says, be strong and courageous. 
because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. When God commanded Joshua, be strong and courageous, he wasn't kidding around. The command Be strong and courageous is two different words, but saying the same thing. Again, emphatic statement. The word strong is hazek in the Hebrew, okay? And it means be firm, be strong, be empowered. Strengthen. The second word is amat, which means courageous, which is same definition, right? (laughs) Two different words to say the same thing is like God's trying to figure out, how do I want you to get this? Be strong, be courageous, be empowered, be firm, be rooted. How can I get you to believe that? He says it different ways. So that you get the full grasp of being courageous in the best way you can. What I find interesting is, you know, when I study the Bible, I look at different translations. Not only do I look at the original Hebrew, which is a lot of work, (laughs) but there's ways to compare different translations. Like NIV is more dynamically translated. You have the ESV that's a little bit more literal, CSB. There are some great Bible translations, and I look at what is the difference. And when I find that difference, I look to the original language to figure out why is this translated differently to to convey what did it mean so that we can know what it means for us today well i i found it interesting that god says in niv we read it this way you will lead these people to the promised land okay joshua you're a leader you're gonna lead but then the esv translates it this way you will cause these people You will cause these people to inherit the land. Then the other translator said, you will distribute the land I swore. Okay. So consider those three translations. Joshua, you're going to lead, but you're going to cause people to inherit the land. You're going to be the source of that. And then you will distribute the land. You guys see the three different language uh, message here? God is empowering Joshua to say, not only am I giving it to you, but Joshua, you're going to be the source to distribute. That they, you're going to be the cause, the reason that they will, your people, your family are going to inherit the kingdom. It, it's going to be because of you. This is, I don't know about you, but when I, get a big promise from God where somebody says, oh, I'm going to give you something big. Like, if it's too big, I'm like, yeah, no way. And I don't believe in it. Like, if somebody were to say, I'm going to give you a car, would you believe it? Right? Get out. That's really the, often the response that we get where we respond, if it's too good to be true. Here is God 
giving a promise that he gave to Abraham, he gave to Moses, and now he's giving to Joshua. As I was with Moses, I'm giving you that authority. Just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And I'm going to cause all the promises I gave that of promised land, the inheritance language, all of that to Abraham, to Moses, and everyone after, you're going to be the source to lead your people. You're going to cause them to inherit. You're going to distribute this inheritance. How would you respond if God says, you're going to be my source to distribute God's blessings? How great is that? That's what God was saying to Joshua. It's a continuation promise, an empowerment of his servant of what is to come. And then in verse 7, he says this. Not only be strong. I know the NIV translation kind of left it out. But ESV says it this way in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, uh, we can say, is only really necessary? Be strong. NIV says it pretty well. But in the original Hebrew, that word only is actually there. It's not just an expression that's translated differently. The word rock in the Hebrew is only. It's, it's a word that limits. It's not used often in the language, but when it's used, it's a very limiting and restricting language. He says, only be strong, meaning you have no choice but to be strong and be courageous. You guys understand that? There are times that we make compromises in our life. There are times that we do things that are kind of lukewarm, neither hot neither cold. There are times that we kind of like, you know, fudge the, the language and we talk to people. We are not lying, but we're just like, yeah, not telling the full truth. Right? And we do that sometimes. But in regards to being courageous and being strong, God says, you only be. Don't be half-hearted. Don't be somewhat courageous. Only be strong and courageous. It's a very limiting but very direct commandment because it's in the details that God says, this matters because everything else I say after that, you better get. And he talks about being careful to do everything according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it right or left that you may have success wherever you go. Did you know that God gives his law, his commandments, not to restrict you or to keep you from having fun, but to bless you? Yeah, Jesus fulfilled the, the law and the commandments, and so we don't have to fulfill. But did you know that it was given to us as a means of blessing, not to keep us from having fun? The law, well, bear with me. There are some things of the law that is not relevant. Like there's a civil law, like the law of Israel that in court case, that's relevant to that country. Ceremonial law, sacrifices, things related with the temple. Jesus fulfilled it, complete. 
We don't, it's not relevant for, for us anymore. But there's a moral law. There is a character of God that's in his law of righteousness that God says, you're better off following them than not following them. It's to your benefit, not to me. So when God gives us the law or uh, guidelines in life, like reading of the Proverbs, it's not like if you don't listen to wisdom, you know, God's going to strike you down. No. (laughs) Your life is going to go much smoother if you abide to wisdom and the ways. Well, there are laws that God gave to Moses. But he says, be strong and courageous only. Don't compromise. Follow in everything that I've taught you so that you will be successful. Because God's heart, the Father heart of God, is I want you blessed. The challenge for many of us is not that God doesn't promise us the blessing. He does. But it's our willingness to believe in his promises, to abide in them, to believe in them. God gave promises to Moses and Joshua. And Joshua's story of the book could stop right there if he never journeyed. You guys understand? The story of Joshua continued on from that promise of his obedience to go over, crossing over the Jordan, to taking the land that was promised. The story happened, we're studying and reading about it now because of his willingness to be courageous and be strong, to overcome, to take that promise of God and says, I take it, I take ownership of it, and that is for me because I believe in God and what he has to say. The problem for us is not that we haven't received the promises of God. We have. Because if you read any part of the New Testament, it's God's blessing and design for you. All year, I talked about the abundance of God. Jesus come to give life, life abundantly. That goes above your expectations of the kind of life that you wanted. God says, I want to give you something even more. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you. Plans to bless you, prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in the future. All throughout the scripture is that God's promise and plans for you is blessings, but the problem is that we fail to believe in that promise. The problem is that we're still stuck here and unwilling to cross over the river and face the challenges and to go to the places where God is taking us and leading us. It's not that God's promise lacks. It's our faith that keeps us from overcoming our fears from grabbing the promises of God. Amen? And I believe that the Lord is inviting you this morning into a new place, a new season. I don't know what you're going through in your life, in your situation, but I do believe there is a promise and God's will for you of this new season. And what does that look like? I don't know. And I do believe that God speaks to every one of you guys in in your own way. But it's your willingness to believe and abide, to be strong and courageous. To be only strong and courageous. To abide by everything that the Lord has said throughout the scriptures. And owning it as your own. Because he 
who called us, said in his commandment, and reiterated in verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Church, those words are for us today. Today is just the beginning. Literally, just the beginning. <laughs> today, gentlemen, today is the first Sunday here at, at this hotel. We're setting up. This is our soft launch. And next Sunday is our official launch where we're going to be inviting. So it's configuring our stuff and all that. But this is about, this is the beginning. This is God's call. But what are we going to do next? Next week, are we going to cross the river together? Our obstacles to overcome our fears? Are we going to go and be faithful and to own the promises and the blessings that God desires for us to have? The resting place Four campuses in four years. My gosh, that's nothing I did. There's nothing any of us did. But God did something where he empowered, even through the pandemic, he says, plant a church. My gosh, that makes no sense. We could stand ba back and make all the excuses saying, but Lord, closed doors are closing and churches are, you know, people are not coming. We're not even allowed to meet. But God says, plant a church. And we did. And he's been raising you up for such a time as this. So next Sunday is our launch. What are you going to do? <laughs> Am I nervous? Oh, yeah. Do I have my fears? Insecurities? Yeah. But, you know, I love, there's a quote from little, Life's Little Instruction Book. You guys remember that book? Yeah. It's a little, uh, I think, three by five, no, a little bit bigger, four by six book. And just each page had quotes. Something that a father or mother prepared for the son before going away to college. And it's little instructions. And one quote, I remember reading that in high school, and it says, be courageous. Even if you're not, act like it. No one can tell the difference. But think about that. Being courageous is not being not afraid, but it's being over, willing to overcome your fears to do what is required. Being courageous is willing to step out, even in the midst of fear, to do what you are called, what you have been enabled, what you have been empowered to do, who you are. And as sons and daughters of God, we are royalty. We are prince. We have the inheritance of God. We have the authority. For God says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, and the commandment is, go and make disciples. And that's why we are here. Not because Wesley Chapel needs another church. But we encounter the living God. And we desire to, that encounter to overflow and to bless this community. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to welcome the, uh, the prayer team. And, oh, prayer team's out? Okay. <laughs> but I, you guys all stand with me. <laughs> yeah, the prayer team is literally outside. <laughs> 
Michael, just uh, play something in the background just so that people can pray. But if, I, I don't know, I don't want to make any assumptions. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the beginning. You need Jesus. And if you receive Jesus, he promises his Holy Spirit, his Spirit of God to indwell in you and empower you. We hold to the promises that God is sending you into. And if you have any fears or insecurities or concerns, God can bring power and strength in those areas so that you are enabled to be able to go forth. And if you guys need prayers, need healing, we believe in that here. And receive the prayer team, uh, come up to the prayer team, receive the prayers. Just as the power went from Moses as he laid hands on Joshua, we believe in laying of hands and praying for one another. So welcome anyone to receive prayer. Lift up your hands open. Lift it up to the Lord. I'm going to release blessings for you. Our God of the heavens, our God in this present place right here, loves you the Lord bless you the Lord keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you his glory on you he says you are mine you are my image and you have my power and my authority believe everything that I am giving you not remain where you are but cross that river into my promises cross that river into my power and my inheritance I am taking you I am sending you believe in my promises be strong and be courageous be empowered to go forth from here as my sons and daughters amen amen God bless your church. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.